Okay, good evening, everybody. I just want to start off by a show of hands. Who here has been helped in the past through therapy? Who here is presently being helped through therapy, psychologist, psychiatrist? For some reason, people have a harder time sharing these things in public, uh, more so than if I was to ask the question, how many people here uh, went to the doctor in the last few years because their knee was hurting or because their lower back was aching? How many people here have taken Advil over the last uh, month or two because they had a headache? So although Baruch Hashem, I think the world in general and the, uh, the Torah world, at least the, the culture in which we live, we're making progress and what was a stigma is not as much of a stigma nowadays. We still view it as, as something that's a little bit private. I don't feel as comfortable sharing uh, these things with strangers. But I want to explore the, uh, the Torah perspective on therapy, uh, trauma, and then briefly touch upon the idea of medication and how this relates to Parshas Tazriya and Mitzorah. In the Nesiva Shalom, he opens up his discussion on the Parsha of Tazriya by saying that the Parshios Eilu Tazriya Mitzorah, Hericha HaTorah Be'inyan, Torahs Mitzorah Ve'Karbanosov, we have a lot of discussion relating to all of the halachos and the, the guidelines of a mitzorah, how to deal with this particular spiritual affliction. And we know, writes in the Siva Shalom, that the Torah is nitzchis. Everything in the Torah is eternal. We don't have a Kohen serving in the Beis Amikdash. We don't bring karbonos nowadays. Clearly, our job in the limud of these parshios, as we study Parshas Mitzorah and Tazriah, we have to ask, what are we gleaning from these ideas? What is the, the relevant information, the nitzchias, the eternity, that comes out of the parsha of Tazriah and the parsha of Mitzorah? The Nesivas Shalom quotes uh, the Targum, where he writes that the Aramaic translation for Tsaras is Machtish Sagiro. Machtish Sagiro explains the Nesiva Shalom, Machla Shel Sagiros. This is actually a plague or an illness of being closed in. In the Zohar, the explanation of Tzeras is Nega Tzeras, Nega Hu, Dina Takifa, Sharia Ba'alma. It is a very um, harsh din. Tzeras Sagiro, Kamada Idmar Sagiro de Noora Alia. It means that one is closed off from the, the upper celestial light. Sagiro de Tivu Alia. He's closed off from the, the good of spirituality, which basically means that Nu'ulim befan of kol shari ora v'sogar befan of kol The gate of Ruchnius is somehow just, uh, it's locked. He can't get in. 
This is not limited to a, a spiritual void, but the Nesiva Shalom elaborates that it's really an emotional state where I, I'm not really feeling anything. I'm lacking joy, I'm lacking enthusiasm, but I'm even lacking a sense of, of pain. I don't feel tsar, I just feel disconnected. Maybe more of an apathy, more of a numbness. And that's what the Zohar tells us is the, the tsaras, this uh, affliction of tsaras. The Nesiva Shalom basically says practically that means that a person who's suffering with tsaras, and although for the last many hundreds of years we don't really have tsaras, at least the physical manifestation, but the, 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 the issue of tsaras is I'm not margish, I'm not feeling. That much we can relate to. Onesh Gurua Bayoser, right, the most disturbing thing for a Jew is that I, I'm not tapped into Ruchnius. Shabbos comes, I don't feel the, the Onesh Shabbos. Yantiv is here, I'm not attached to the, the, the Simcha of Yantiv. I go through the motions of davening, but I don't feel any semblance of Dvekis. There's no real relationship. That's Saras. I remember seeing in the, uh, the Tzav Vizirus, this was the diary of the Eish Kodesh, where he's not directly addressing this Neged Saras, but he seems to describe a very similar feeling, or a lack of feeling, that the Nesiva Sholem was, uh, was describing. The Eish Kodesh writes that, Nefesh Adam Ohevis Lehisra Geish, that the Neshama of a person loves to feel. Lo al simcha levado doesn't just mean that we need to feel happy. Ragam stam But any sensation of real emotion is something that the soul craves. Even if the only thing I'm able to feel at this moment based on whatever the circumstance is, is a sense of depression or anxiety or sorrow, I would rather feel that than feel nothing at all. And explains the Eish Kodesh, this is why people enjoy watching very scary movies. It could be horrific. It could be, it could be uh, tragic. You're, you're, you're experiencing, uh, you know, Khalila somebody dying on screen. My friend just told me recently that his, uh, his grandparents, both from Europe, and although they left Europe, it sounds like Europe never left them. Um, he said that once in a while, his grandmother, yeah, she would have uh, the TV on, in those days, a little TV, and she was watching a soap opera, and she'd be crying. You know, she's into the, the drama of it and the, the excitement. So he told me that his grandfather, he was sitting at the, the kitchen table, usually with the safer open, and he would always turn to his wife and say, it's not real. It's not, they're actors, they're getting paid, don't worry, it's not real. So why do we like watching these things? Because there's a part of us that actually enjoys crying. We'd like to feel the emotion no matter what it is, and therefore concludes the Eish Kodesh, 
if we're not getting a sense of real hislavos, of fire, of, of, of real uh, deep connection in a healthy way, then we're going to try to find it somewhere else. And that could be a dangerous, a devastating thing. I think we're good, Reb Baruch. I think we're good. <laughs> Thank you. Right. It Parshas Tazri as it goes through different types of tzeras. The, uh, there's one particular uh, description where there's a wound and it's healing. So there is skin that's on top of this maka that seems to be healthy skin. Nonetheless, the halacha is that he is tameh. And Rashi explains in source number four, the, the language of the Pasuk is tzeras noshenes he. It's an old tzeras. Maka yeshana hi tachas hamichya. That even though on top it looks healthy, it looks normal, but there's an old saras underneath it. So although it looks healthy and normal on top, but underneath the skin, it has pus, and there's infection. And the Torah is making sure to let us know that even this kind of saras is a problem, so we shouldn't think, since it's getting better, and on the surface it looks like it's healing, it should be declared tahor. It's not tahor. You're tambe. Why is that the case? And to answer any, any why question regarding Neged Saras is very difficult to do. But Ramosha Feinstein at least gives us a clue, a glimpse into this particular type of tzeras. And I think based on the description of the Zohar that we saw in the Nesiva Shalom, and based on the, uh, the words of the Eish Kodesh, we could understand this very well. Ramosha Feinstein writes that if you have a person who's not feeling well, and for some reason the last few days I'm, I'm dizzy, I'm lightheaded, I'm nauseous, you're not going to continue that long without doing something about it. You're going to go to the doctor. And if you're a man, eventually your wife will yell at you to the point where you'll be forced to go to the doctor. So although you're not feeling well, that's actually a good sign because hopefully you'll get the help that you need. On the other hand, if you're you know, able to function there's something that's kind of bothering you, but you could push it aside. Then you might go years without ever addressing the issue, and by the time you, you find out what it is, it could be too late. So writes Moshe Feinstein, this kind of tzeras is actually very dangerous, because since on the surface of the skin it looks healthy and healed, you might assume that everything is better, but there's leichetz, muleya leichetz, filled with pusset infection that you can't see. It's only covered up, but it's not really healed. If we don't know that there is trauma or there is psychological infection, we have blockages that 
may be interfering with relationships if we're not aware of what's happening beneath the surface of what looks to be healthy and normal and productive then we're actually in grave danger you see there's two types of, of deceit Rav Elia Lapian used to say there's Sheker and there's Chazav Sheker means I know what the truth is but I'm deceiving you I want to make you think something else. I want you to perceive me in a way that may, that may not be accurate. Cause of is where I'm so lost, I don't even realize that what I think is true is not. And therefore, it's not just that I'm fooling you or deceiving you, but I'm deceiving myself. It's easier to deceive ourselves when the surface is healthy when right now I'm functioning and I'm playing all of my roles as a parent, as a sibling, as a child, I'm doing my uh, profession, I'm, I'm going through the motions of life, then we have the danger of living because of, where I'm not fooling anybody else, but I'm deceiving myself because I'm not open, I'm not aware, I'm not looking for the, 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 the pus the infection that may be underneath the healthy skin. So what do we do about it? Right? How do I know? How do I know? Do I have trauma that's, that's holding me back? Again, if I'm not functioning, so then it, it may not be pleasant, but at least I know I, I have something to really work on. But if we are functioning, so how do I know? Am I okay? So the Ruach Chaim, Ruach Chaim Velazhen, actually quotes a Mishnah in the Goyim, where it's discussing the basic laws of the assessment of a nega looking at, at the affliction of Tsaras. And the Mishnah Paskins, Kol HaNegoyim Adam Roa, that you can look at all different types of Negoyim, Chutz Minige Atmo, except for the Negoyim, the Tsaras that's on your own body. That you're invalid to judge. So elaborates Rechaim Velazhin, he says, Aderech Malitza, homiletically, Kol HaNegoyim Shel when it comes to your, your uh, flaws, your imperfections, it's easier for me to see them. I could detect them. You may not know that, that you're being untruthful, but I know you are. You may be deceiving yourself, but you're not deceiving me. You may think you're being you know, humble, but I understand there's a real arrogance there. That's easier for me to detect within you. But the, the deeper message of this Mishnah is, it's a lot more difficult for me to see my own Nagoyim, my own flaws, my own Midos that are keeping me down, that are keeping me back from maximizing who I really can be. Hello, I'll call, I'll keep a Kirbi Within me, there could be so much of what I see in you. And perhaps, he goes on to say, maybe the only reason I'm able to discover these issues within you is because they're really within me. But I'm more aware of your flaws than I am my own. So if that's the case, it makes the entire situation that much more complex. 
If I'm functioning, why would I ever look further into myself and try to figure out, is there infection beneath the surface? And we have a handicap, because the mission is telling us that we barely have the ability to see the Midos Rose within ourselves. It's much easier to see than somebody else. So therefore, the logical conclusion is, I have to get somebody outside of me. So that could be a friend. Rebbeinu Yonah writes in Perki Avos that when the Mishnah instructs us, acquire for yourself a friend, he says there are three reasons why it's so crucial to have a good friend. The second reason is he says that your friend might not be any more righteous or pious than you are, you're both good people. He has his struggles. I have mine. But nonetheless, it could very well be that I'm getting involved with something that's unhealthy, that's detrimental to my spiritual or emotional state. I may not pick up on it because it's coming from my own nega. I don't know my, my bias. I don't know what's pushing me or what's motivating me. But you know me, and you can see right through it. So you could help me. You could give me tochacha. Now, tochacha is a very strong word. But instead of translating tochacha as rebuke, what the Rebbe Yonah is saying is, having a friend, a real friend means that, that he cares about you. He's looking out. He's making sure that you don't do something that you're going to regret. And he has the ability to see your issues or your struggles perhaps more than you do. Sometimes a friend, though, is not quite good enough. They may not have the expertise, and they may not be able to help you or to, to lead you to discover the inner affliction. And this is where Shlomo HaMelech comes along and gives us broader advice. Shlomo HaMelech in Mishle, this is source number 10, he's addressing what do we do when we have daiga? We have anxiety, there's worry that's overcoming me. He writes, When you have worry in the heart of a man, squelch it, squash it. And turn it into a dover tov. Turn it into a good word. So you have worry, you have daiga, Squelch it and somehow make it positive. How do you do that? You speak to anyone who's really suffering with anxiety and they're coming to you for an Eitzah and you tell them, no problem. The wisest of all men gave us the answer. Just squelch it. Just get rid of it. Right? Be a man. It doesn't quite work. So the Gemara and Yuma elaborates on this Pasuk the word yashchena, right, to, to get rid of it, to squelch it, can really have one of two different meanings. One is yashchena midaito, try not to focus on it, try to get involved with other more meaningful things, find your passion, get into something, get into chesed. Right, sometimes we can be so obsessed by our own 
our own struggles in life, and therefore we, we almost become self-absorbed, and the main refuah that's needed, which is somehow reaching out and, and, and getting out of myself, I'm, I'm, I'm just totally unable to do, because I'm all within my own world. So, yashchena midaito. The other reading of the word yashchena, says the Gemara is, yashchena la'acherim. Speak to other people. Share your daiga with somebody else. So the Peleoites, when he quotes this Gemara, he says they're both true, right? Both interpretations of the word yashchena, trying to move on and, and somehow branch out. And also the second definition of Yisachena, speak about it, share your problems with somebody else. They're both true. And what the Gemara is doing is actually giving us a, stu- a two-step process. The first step is natural relief for anxiety. Have you started yoga yet? Do you, uh, do you practice mindfulness? Meditation, right? All of the things that, that are out there in the world, exercise. These are wonderful, natural, healthy ways of limiting and diminishing anxiety. However, writes the Peleoites, if that's not really doing it for you, so then, yasichenu l'acherim, speak about it with others, with whom? So the Rebbe Yonah told us, that's part of having a good friend. But if the good friend is not good enough, then... Share your worry, dehainu talmidei chachamim. Either share it with a Talmud chacham, with a Rebbe that you're close to, or anshemada, people of wisdom, sheyedu lesakno beetsa tova, that they have the training and the knowledge to be misakein, to help you fix whatever the, the ailment is, tova through offering you sound advice. They could speak words to you, they could have a conversation or many conversations to help you nullify and diminish the worry that's been taking over your existence. And they have the, the training to settle the heart and relieve the mind. So it's interesting how the Peleoites is telling us, you have one of two options, and sometimes the best option is both. I consult with someone who I feel has more Das Torah guidance to give me, and at the same time, he may not be a professional, or she may not be a professional, so I'll speak with a therapist. I'll get a referral. Pele Yowitz is saying, this is part of the advice of Shlomo HaMelech. Yasichenu l'acherim, speak to people who know what they're doing. It doesn't just mean to vent. Right? So often we'll just vent all of our frustrations and, and concerns, or the, the anxiety that's being caused by other family members or friends. And we could uh, justify that it's Litoelis, we're sharing this for a good purpose, I've got to get it off my chest. So it's one thing to say it's Litoelis, it's beneficial when I'm sharing it with my spouse because it's really bothering me and, and I just need to share with somebody. But once I find myself using this particular leniency with 15 different people, it might be time to, to reanalyze, is there really a heter to keep on sharing this? 
or maybe just speak to someone who could actually help you and advise you. So the Pele says, you have Talmidei Chachamim, and you also have An Mada, people who are trained to be Mevatel Vedaiga. There's a real expertise, there's an umness, there's a wisdom, Yesh Chachma Begoyim. Utilize it. It could be helpful. Besides the, the basic idea of getting good advice, the Ber Maim Chaim explains, one of the great Hasidic masters, that merely having a productive conversation where I'm able to share my, my thoughts and my concerns and my daiga with you, not just in a way of venting and trying to put somebody else down to, to pump myself up, but in a vulnerable, very open way, says the Ber Maim Chaim, Kasher yagid ha'odem tzoroso v'dagoso asher b'levovo misofo luchutz, when I'm able to take it from inside and, and express it, then even before I'm, I'm hearing your Eitzah, even before I'm gaining, I'm gaining direction from you, Yakil ha'daiga min ha'lev, the speech itself can lighten the burden. In contrast to, if I was to keep it in, it festers and it only causes more pain and more anguish because I have nobody to share it with. This is the potential advantage, the eights of Shlomo HaMelech. Therapy can be an amazing gift. Sometimes people have a blockage because of the stigma. If I'm going to get help, that means obviously I'm really messed up. Which is not what the Gemara sounds like. The Gemara sounds like you could be normal, happy, healthy, functional, but you have daigu belev, and speaking to a friend might not be good enough. Yesiach midaito, the natural uh, relief for anxiety, may not get you to where you need to be. So speak to someone, Anshe Mada, Talmud Chochem, Anshe Mada. There are people there that could actually help you. There should be no stigma related to therapy whatsoever. This is the Hadracha, this is the Das Torah. Now sometimes practically another blockage can be, they're so expensive, we've been there before, and everything I tell them, they keep on asking me, so how does that make you feel? <laughs> I don't need to be paying you $250 for 45 minutes for you to ask me, how does that make me feel? If I'm sitting in your office, clearly I don't feel great about this. So you have to find the right person, and it's a shidduch, and that's why you want to get a referral, and sometimes it doesn't work. But the concept, the theory, is something that is very much in line with Das Torah and can be a game changer if utilized well. I want to flip the coin just for a moment. When we're in the position not of asking for guidance or asking for help, but we're sitting on the other side of the table where somebody is coming to us and they want encouragement. I know they're asking whatever the question may be, but, but they're looking for chizik. So we would all assume, yeah, it's a nice thing. It's a mitzvah to be able to, uh, to pump somebody up, to make them feel good about themselves. I have many other important things also. 
one of the letters of the altar of Kelm, you see that it's much more than, it's a mitzvah. It might be the main tafkir achayim. It might be one of the main reasons why we're in this world. The author of Kelm, as he's writing a letter, he says, I was going over the Egeris Hagra. I was reviewing the letter, the famous letter of the Vilnagon. And towards the end of the letter, the Gra writes, Ubeze rov ha-Torah l'sameach l'anoshim. This is rov ha-Torah. The majority of Torah is l'sameach l'anoshim, to make people happy. That's the majority of the Torah. Says Reb Simcha Zisel, the author of Kelm, Nishtomamti. When I stopped and I, and, I, and I listened to the words of the Gra, I was, I was mishtomim. I was in awe. This is Rov HaTorah. Rov HaTorah means this is the majority of, of why we're here. Just to make somebody happy? But, but that's a big part of every role that we're playing in any capacity, in any family dynamic that's my, my tafkid is l'sameach l'anashim. Not in a superficial way, not to compliment you just for the sake of, of saying something nice, but to be real, to be genuine, to be mechazek, to encourage. That's rov ha-Torah. The only problem is, we never have the ability to fix anybody else's problem. You can't fix somebody else's problem. Rebbeinu Yonah writes in Perkyavos, a famous uh, statement of Hillel, If I'm not for myself, who am I? Explains the Yonah. If I don't motivate myself, Who else will possibly motivate me or inspire me? Hearing a nice speech is wonderful as I'm sitting there. Reading uh, an article could be uplifting. But that's only temporary. But when I'm able to actually move myself and push myself, no matter how difficult it may be in the direction that I need to be going in, then then I can actually make real change. Real change will never come from anybody else but myself. Right? You ask someone, who has had the greatest impact on your life for real change? Imagine if they would answer, myself. But the truth is, any real change that we've accomplished is because I made that determination, I utilized my Bechira, I can't, I can't change you, you can't change me. What can I do? I could try to remove blockages. I could try to take away some of those issues that are holding you back, but the mindset needs to be, if I'm trying to help you, it's not that I'm having pity or compassion upon you, but rather I believe in your greatness, and I also feel that if I could just get some of those hurdles away from you and remove some of those mechitzos, naturally you will shine. This was actually the role of the Kohen Gadol. 
explains in the Shiva Shalom, this whole process of the person with Saras coming to the Kohen, what was the Kohen doing? Well, he would analyze the, uh, the affliction, and he would declare whether or not he was Tahur or Tameh, or maybe there was a middle ground of Muskar. But the Nesiva Shalom quotes in the Zohar, there was something much deeper that the Kohen was involved with. Sheha Kohen isaken lifteach hahu sagiro. If the Neged Saras was really some kind of affliction of being enclosed, of, of not feeling the, those real vibrations of life. So the job of the Kohen was to open the door for this person. He had an awesome responsibility to try to unlock all of those gates that were holding him back and allow him to naturally be the recipient of that radiant light, the neshama to shine. The Kohen's job was to open up the chambers that this particular Jew was locked in. That's the job of a therapist. That's the job of you when you're trying to give advice or hadracha or direction to the person standing or sitting before you. I can't change you. You could only change yourself, but I could try to open the door for you. Ultimately, though, who is the greatest healer of any physical or mental anguish? That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And although we very much believe in hishtadlus, and like we mentioned, there is real trauma, and trauma is a whole discussion unto itself, but oftentimes we're not even aware of what happened or what's happening right now in a particular dynamic or relationship that's really, really taking its toll on me. Even speaking to so many people as, Ritashem, we're getting out of COVID, most of us don't realize how this past year and change has really impacted us. It's going to be a transition to get back to anything close to normal. So we do our hishtadlus. We're not going to be fooled by the fact that I have healthy skin on the surface. We have to be open and, and, and desirous to see what's beneath the surface. And although oftentimes I might not be able to tell or help myself, you could be my eyes and ears. You could see what I can't see. Once you could direct me, once you could remove some of those blockages, then, then I can really start doing some work. But have a conversation. Open up to somebody. But with all that hishtadlus, David HaMelech writes, He heals their broken heart, referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's the Rofe, the healer of broken hearts. And he binds their wounds. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is looking at each one of us with a compassion, with a love, trying to, 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 to help us, to bind the wound that, that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can help with. The Malbim explains this Pasuk of David Amalek. He says, The wound that, that we're referring to is the Otsev Shabalev, a depression or an anxiety within. Only a Kadosh Baruch Hu 
has the ability to take us away from that state of atzvus, from that lowly feeling of depression or hopelessness, or the state of tzeras where we're just closed in and I'm not feeling anything. Hashem can infuse simcha into our lives. So of course we do the hishtadlis, but we know obviously it's all in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's hands, and therefore we daven and we turn to Hashem to be the Rofei Chol Basar. I want to conclude briefly with the topic of medication. I was very impressed. I remember years ago when the biography first came out, and I was reading through it, I found this particular vignette, and I couldn't believe that Art Scroll actually published this. It was very impressive. Now, this is the biography of Rebetzin Kanievsky. And there's a whole section that speaks about her savlonus, her patience, her tolerance, and obviously she was dealing with so many people every day from all walks of life and people who were very unwell coming right in her face and asking for brachos. And it was not an easy job being Rebetz and Kanievsky. The story is told, though, there was only one or two times where she kind of lost her cool. One time, it says a Bachar who was learning in one of the, the nearby yeshivas, he was at the Kanievsky home, and there were a group of girls there as well coming to speak to the Rebetzin and receive a bracha. And there was one girl who was very uh, inappropriately dressed. So the yeshiva Bachar yells at her, Shame on you! Go back to Tel Aviv where you belong. How dare you come to B'nai Brak dressed like this? Right, a classic Kiruv approach. She's trying to pour on the love, Oheves Abrios and Makarvin Latoro. The startled Rebetzin shouted back at the boy, Who asked you to open your mouth? Have you have no shame to be Malmun Pnei Chavero Barabim, to embarrass someone like this in public? I'll tell you something that I did. I haven't told many people who have frequently come to my home. You're the only person that's no longer welcomed here. And if you do come to my house, I will tell you what I've never told anybody before, that you must leave. Meanwhile, the Rebetzin hugged and comforted this secular girl. And she was so distraught by what happened, she went into the room where her husband, Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita, was about to begin learning with Rebbe Liohuman, and she began crying hysterically to her husband. Is it possible that I did something wrong, which caused this overzealous bacher to act in the way, in this way in front of me, she sobbed. After spending nearly five minutes weeping in front of Reb Chaim, the Rebetzin sat down in her bed and took anti-anxiety medication to calm down. For the rest of the day, she remained upset that someone who come to her for chizik had been so insulted. The footnote here explains that the Rebetzin's longtime physician had prescribed the medication for times like this. Rebetzin Kanievsky, what are you doing taking anti-anxiety medication? You don't need this garbage. You're a Yes, she was a tzaddikis. But there's no contradiction. You have someone who could be very holy and very connected 
and, and extremely spiritual to have the koach to give brachos to, to Benos Yisrael from all across the world. And yes, she will take a Xanax once in a while. That was the advice of her doctor. The Hashkafah Satora is not, you know, push pills. Anytime there's a problem, right, the kid's not focusing for a few seconds in class, okay, right away, put him on ADD medication. But at the same time, this could be the Hishtadlis. If I'm not functioning in the way I need to be functioning, so I have a friend, I open up, I have therapy. I share. I'm sharing my struggles with, with others. Others not just to vent, but who could actually help me. And part of that hishtadlus might be, okay, so I'll try medication. If that's the hadracha of the doctor, so I'll do that. Just like I'm not going to feel embarrassed or ashamed that I took an Advil three weeks ago because I had a headache, I wouldn't feel embarrassed or ashamed that I'm taking uh, whatever else it is because it's helping me with depression, anxiety, it's relieving uh, ailments. The Torah Hashkafa is, trauma is true, and there's a lot going on beneath the surface. We have to deal with it. If we hide from it, and we live a life of sheker, or even worse, a life of chazov, where we don't realize that there are things holding me back, I'm going to leave this world never maximizing my potential because I was too afraid to look deeper. I was too closed in, machtish sagira, I was too closed in to, 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 to be vulnerable, to, to speak to someone in a real way and have a real friendship and a real conversation. There was too much of a stigma to actually see a therapist because it's not going to work anyway and it's too expensive and why would I do that? There was too much of a stigma to try medication because I, I don't need that. I'll take care of it myself. Lo zuha derech. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody.